Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our series as we look at the book by W. Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Uh, we will look at chapters 8 and 9. Chapters 8 deals with your rod and your staff comfort me. And chapter 9 is you prepare a table before me. This is the first half of this two-part study. So your rod and your staff, they comfort me, is where we're at. And one of the things that, that I love about this is, is um, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. As we talked about the rod, I think sometimes we think of it as, as soon as we see something in our hand, especially men, we think we're supposed to hit each other with it. And, and I know my grandson, if, Matt, if Jojo has something in his hand, he's going to try to whack me with it. Uh, but the rod here is something that the shepherd uses. And, and he talks about how it's, it's chosen specifically for each shepherd and and so that rod is the weapon and the main defense for himself and also for the sheep and that's important to remember it's like it's for himself and also to defend the sheep and so the rod is actually an extension of his right arm it's an extension of his right arm and 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 to understand it safeguards safeguards the shepherd and and the sheep the sheep himself and um, and he's able to control the flock with that rod. He's able to move the, the sheep in different areas, different, uh, different ways. But the rod is also spoken of the Word of God. This is the most important thing that you get from the rod is that it is, it is the Word of God. It is the, the Word of God that we need in our lives. And it's God's Word that, that guides us through the valley. I heard somebody talking about grief this week and they were talking about how uh, sometimes in the valley if you think about anybody who's ever grown up in the valley I don't know if anybody's ever grown up in the valley but we know here sometimes when we're heading into church on Sunday the the fog sits in and it can be so bad it won't be like that in San Antonio but when you're coming in it you can't see in front of you you're having to follow the white lines on the on the road but as soon as the sun goes up, it's gone. And he said, that's how grief is. Some days you can see across the valley, there's a little fog there. And some days you can't see in front, of you, in front of your face. But the rod and the staff are there to guide you through it. It's the word of God as well. And, and so one of the things that I would always say is it's very important for us to remember 
as it is the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God the word of God is also our weapon that God has given you and and the question is is are we actually using the weapon it's the thing that we use to proclaim and turn evil away it's it's what we use when we're uh, destroying strongholds and, and, and things that are happening in our lives. It's God's word that gets us through that. Can I tell you, even as a pastor, even today, I, was, I, I woke up. I didn't sleep well last night. We've been dealing with a lot of stuff at home. We had something major that happened on top of everything else. And, and with that, I went to bed with it. And I woke up with it. And my poor wife on her way to work. I'm just processing everything out loud because I didn't sleep. And I was on my way home and I was listening to, um, I was listening to Pastor Chuck. And I realized what I was doing and as I was picking up bags that weren't mine to pick up. They weren't mine to pick up. And, and, and within that too is like, am I reading the word and actually applying it for myself or am I trying to read the word and apply it to the situation that's going on to try to fix it? Or am, I, or am I trying to, look, we want Sunday to be beautiful, but I can't control everything. And in my head, I'm going, well, this has got to be done, and this is, what if this happens, or that happens, and we got to, and it's like I just, I, got, I was driving home, and I realized that's the, after I listened to Chuck, and Chuck is like, what bags have you picked up that ain't, ain't yours to pick up? And I was like, yes, I need to put these down. See, the shepherd's hand, the shepherd's rod, is to remind you of that. It's God's word. It's how, that's how important it is in your life. It's, it, it, it's the thing that, that when we're lost in the valley or we're trying to figure out how to get through the valley, we're, we, we're, we're kind of tend to move away from the shepherd. It's the rod of the word of God that, that moves us back into the it's no different than the rails. If you think about it, when you're driving here and you see the, the fog, the only thing you can see is the white lines. And that's what you follow. God gives you the guidance of, hey, stay within this boundary and you'll be okay. And those are my things to deal with, not yours. Because I'm God and you're not. <laughs> right? You want to fix stuff, but it's not your job. That's, that's his and, and so remember that the, the Word of God, the biggest thing that you get from that is His rod is the Word, the shepherd's hand of authority. And so the rod is used by the shepherd also for the welfare of the sheep. It, it actually is able to, as he's walking through the brush, as he's uh, going through the valley, he's able to move things out of the way, meaning that there could be snakes in the bushes. And the rod, as he shakes or moves, the snakes move out of the way so it doesn't scare the sheep. He very simply put, and I've, I've heard this before, and I can't remember if this is from Warren Warsby or not, but it's, 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 he has it in here, this book will keep you from sin. But sin will keep you from the book, Bible. Every Bible we give out, I write that in there. It's, it's very simple. This book will keep you from sin. Or this, our, our sin will keep you from the book. It's the Spirit, it's the living Word of God that we need. That's how we walk, that's how we're supposed to walk. And he talks about how the shepherd uh, examines the sheep. 
in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 37, it says, I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Now, passing under the rod, God would discipline those that, that would rebel, but passing under the rod is a way for him to gently inspect you. So when we, when we ask the shepherd, he's gently inspecting us. And, and the reason why he says that is because wool, wool is, remember we talked about the wool, it, it picks up everything from the world. And so he's gently inspecting you to see if there's anything that needs to be removed. And he talked about it. He said, you can, you can have sheep that are beautifully done for the te- when they have their competitions. And then he goes, they look amazing. He goes, but the shepherd who's doing the, the judge that does the inspection has his rod. And he moves and inspects down to the skin. And a sheep that looks beautiful can have infections, can have all kinds of things underneath the wool because they've allowed the wool... Uh, to, uh, to actually become dirty, to actually start to, to, to um, allow infections and stuff to happen. And you won't know that until the shepherd, you go under his rod and he inspects you. But are you willing to do that? That's the problem. That's where Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 come in. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievance uh, way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. So we're asking God. David was asking God to search his heart. To know whatever anxieties, whatever unforgiveness that may be there. Whatever's there that's leading him, examine his heart. And are we willing to do that? Are we willing to allow the shepherd to do that in our lives? We need our hearts inspected in jeremiah 17 verse 9 it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it god the shepherd the good shepherd and he needs to inspect it but would you be willing to pray that prayer out loud because i know a lot of people that won't because they have stuff underneath the wool when the wool's pulled back the real person comes out See, God knows the human heart. God knows the human heart. And, and it's the Word of God. That's, it's the Word of God that uh, searches and speaks to us. It transforms us. But are we willing to allow that to happen? Uh, one of the things I, I love that he says is you're not pulling the wool over the eyes of the shepherd. And so many people that are walking with God today think they're pulling the wool over the eyes of the shepherd they're living completely like the world they live completely like the world they come to church and everything seems like it's good to go but they live like the world when they come to church the wool looks good but if you were to ask the shepherd search my heart you'd find out we have to stop pretending you know for me i'm a child of god i want to trust god i man i realize i'm not perfect and I realize in my life I can, I can be self-willed. And, and I love what he says that sometimes we, our wool is self-will, self-exertion, and self-pride. And, and, and can we admit that? I mean, can we admit, like, look, there are things in my life when I look at that verse and I go, Lord, you do need to search my heart. And I think that's what the Word of God does. I think that's the importance of the rod, the instrument that he uses. 
which is representation of the word. We also see the rod as an instrument for protection. It's, it's for him to be able to protect against the coyotes, the wolves, and the cougars, and the stray dogs. And David talked about this to Saul. It may have seemed like he was, you know, he was uh, being very boastful, but as a shepherd, he would have known this. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 through 36, it says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb uh, from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered out, it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him uh, by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine should be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And you, you think about this and, and you think David is using just a rod, a shepherd's rod. And he's, he's claiming that, yes, I've, I've struck down lions and bears. Now, if you heard somebody tell you that, you're going to be like, really? Come on. But I, I think David backed it up when he goes and he strikes down the Philistine giant. He was a man of God. He knew that the rod was his weapon. He knew that that's how he defended his sheep. And, and it's important for us to understand that. It's, it's that rod, is, and, and it, it not only does it comfort, but it also defends. It defends us. It defends us from the attacks of Satan. When we have our relationship with God, it's His rod that comforts us, that comforts me. And, and, it, and again, it's God's Word, because He is the Good Shepherd. You think about how He was tempted in the desert, and what did He, what did he use? God's Word. He just set him back right with God's word. Fully God, fully man, never sinned. And he just sets him back with the word of God. And it's important for us to understand that. It's important for us to understand that our, our, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we are as children of God, that it is God's word that directs and, and dictates our lives. It, it says in Psalm 119, you know, it talks about the word is a lamp to my feet. It, it, I... If you don't have the Word of God in your life, I'm not sure how you're seeing and getting through the day. It's that same staff that comforts. It's that same staff that, that you know, as he talks about the, the beauty of the shepherd moving even the small ewes gently with the staff. Able to pick up a ewe with the staff so that way it doesn't touch his hands. Because if it touches his hands, then the mom won't feed. But we don't think of the staff in that manner. We think of the staff as something that is a weapon. It's a very useful piece of, of, of equipment for the shepherd. He talks about the older shepherds that he remembers seeing as a young man. And they would just lean on their staffs to stand, to hold them up. And I've seen that in the military, guys that, that have their walking sticks when we would go out in the bush. And the older, the older sergeants would always have a stick as they guide the platoon through the bush. And they would, during the longer part of the days, they would hang on to that staff and it would provide support for them. It was not only for guiding the sheep, but it was used gently for us as to remember that the, the Christian life we find gracious, uh, the Holy Spirit, the comforter that draws us, that directs us to Christ. 
In Revelation 22:17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears come, and let the one who's thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take water of, uh, of life without price. Whoever drinks the water, I will give them, and they shall never thirst. In John 14, 14, the water that I will give him uh, will become him a, a well of water springing up into eternal life. He's inviting us to have eternal life with us, uh, with him. And, and we're going to talk about that this weekend as we look at Jesus being the resurrection and the life. It's important for us to understand that, that our, our, our eternity is secure if we're his. If we've chosen to follow him, he keeps us on the right path. In John 16, 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he, uh, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you these things that are to come. We need that gentle touch of the rod. And it's a reminder just of, of the shepherd's tenderness and compassion and care. And, and, and a way for us not to be afraid to draw near to him, right? I think sometimes we look at, uh, I can remember, you know, before Christ thinking God was just out to get me. And what I mean by that is like, man, when I would mess up, man, God's like, put him in the corner, you know? Because I had, that was the God I made up in my head. It wasn't the God of the Bible. It's not the God of love. It's not the God of compassion and grace and mercy. It was the, the God that I made in my head. It was, and it was based on the way I was treated as a son. And so one of the things we need to remember is like we belong to him. And, and I love like when we talk about being able to come to him. And he talks about it. He says, likewise with us, many of our jams and impasses are our, of our own making. Let's just be honest with it. And there's that wonderful saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. And we want to blame God for it. Uh, I, I'm sorry. At some point, if you were God's, the staff was there to try to lead you. The shepherd was there to try to guide you. You can't blame your, your sin on God. And you can't blame it on other people. Your sin is your fault. It's your fault. And we need to remember that as we think about uh, the staff and, and as it comforts me and guides me, it's the rod, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And when the wool, he talks about it, when the sheep get stuck because they're trying to eat in a place they're not supposed to eat, and they get stuck in the thorn brushes and the, and the rose bushes. And he has to go in there with the rod to try to get them out. Whose fault is it? It's the sheep's. The sheep wasn't, wasn't listening to the shepherd. The sheep wasn't following the guidance of the, the rod. Just the main thing you get out of chapter 8 is the word of God. The rod is an extension of the right hand of the shepherd. Chapter 9 deals with you prepare a table before me. And I love what he talks about the table. And the table actually deals with the, they would refer to uh, the tables as the mountain, the high country mountains, right? And so that's where the shepherds wanted to take the, the sheep 
And they would call them mesas, which is the Spanish word for tables, right? And so uh, David would want to take the sheep to the high country, to the table. And, and just before the sheep would arrive, he would make sure everything was prepared beforehand. So understand that, that as you go through the valley and you're trying to make it to the table, God has already gone before you. God knows where everything's at in the valley. You're not surprising him when you go a different direction or you mess up and you're, he has to get you out of the thorn bush. You're not surprising God. God knows. He, he goes before you. He's, uh, before the sheep ever arrive, he's taken. I, I love what Philip Keller said. He goes, we would have to take supplies. We would have to take salt and minerals and distribute them throughout the range before we ever brought the sheep through. And we don't think about that. When we're, when we're going through something, we, we quickly want to look at it and go, well, wait a minute. Why is this happening to me? The shepherd's already there with you. He's already gone before you. In Mark chapter 1, verse 12, because Jesus could have said the same thing, the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. You think about that, it's, it, it, at the end of the day, it's like Jesus just gets baptized. This is my beloved son, right? And then off to the wilderness he goes to be tempted by Satan. Now, if that happened to his son, why do we think we're so special that we're not going to go through anything, right? The shepherd knows everything. He knows the enemy already. That's why he's saying, like, I'll, I'll prepare a table before him. I know him. He has no victory here. There's no victory here. And, and he checks. And, and one of the things that, that Philip Keller talked about is the different, the different flowers and the different types of flowers that would come up between the blue and the, uh, the white camas. And, and he was like, if they would eat the white camas, the, the sheep would get sick and die. It was a poisonous plant. So the shepherd would have to simply go through and pick each of those plants up out of the ground before the sheep would come through. Think about that just for a second. Just think about your backyard, right? And how many of us have the animals now? Let's say there's something in the, in the backyard and there's, it only comes during springtime and there's white flowers everywhere and they can kill the dog or the cat or the goats or the lambs or the cows. Are you not going to go out there and pick them up? You're just going to let them go out there and eat? Because they don't know any difference. They're just thinking, hey, it's food. Right? I saw that today. As I was picking Teresa up from school, the cow had his head completely out of the fence. And just eating, uh, I don't know what he was eating. I was like, that looks almost like a cactus, bro. And I'm driving by, and he don't even, like, he don't even look up to go, hey, there's a car. He's, he's just eating. That's how we are as sheep. <laughs> right we're just going at it and and to think that the shepherd will go out of his way to make sure like he's to the point of like he's to the very poisonous weeds they got to come out before i bring those sheep in they got to come out he already knows what plants are coming in in the spring and what plants are coming in in the summer and what plants are coming in in the fall 
He already knows. He already knows what's in the valley as you go down. And while you're in the valley, what you're going to eat. And as you come back out the valley to the table. He has to make sure of all of that. But that's our good shepherd. I think one of the things we see is that he doesn't prevent you from being tempted. You're going to be tempted. Satan's going to come after you. And we know that from Peter. He talks about Peter when, when Satan desired to tempt Peter. Let's look at that verse in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. And it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. And then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you deny me three times that you know me. Now, you read in that verse very simply, he says that, that but I prayed for you. Did he say, I, Satan can't, you can't have Peter? No, he goes, I'll pray for you, Peter, because you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. And then he tells him, like, hey, you're going to be tempted. And then what does Peter do pridefully? Man, I'll go to prison and I'll... I'll I'll die for you Jesus not even hours later he's denying him yeah three times as Kirk said well that concludes today's broadcast of Sun Salt and Light Radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times you can do all of that at our website uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify Audible TuneIn Radio Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. 